We're going to have a reading now, and if Mike puts it up there, um, it's the parable of the sorts in Matthew 31 to 3. Now, a little thing before we read it. Um, when Matthew comes to write his gospel, you know, it's different from others. He's much more Jewish orientated. But the interesting thing about it is that Matthew organizes his gospel in such a way it's the birth of Jesus, Jesus being baptized. Then you have what's called the Sermon on the Mount, the teaching of Jesus. Then you get from chapter 8 onward the demonstration of the kingdom, and that's Jesus starts to heal and everything. And when you come to chapter 13, Matthew now brings all the teaching of Jesus together that are called parables. And, and they're parables about how the kingdom of God works. That's the key about it. In this case, it's about the sowing. There's other cases, you know, it's about being small as mustard seeds, that kind of thing. So when you read the Bible, read Matthew's Gospel, always remember Matthew is trying to teach you something. So we're going to read this and I want us to read it together. Okay, that'd be good. We'll all read it together. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea. And great clouds gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach, and he told them many things and parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil, but when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on the good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Good. Okay, then. We're, we're going to be doing, as I said, over the next two weeks, the parable of the sower. And so, Mike, if you could put up PowerPoint, that's it there. Um, could I just say a wee bypass? The unsung heroes are Walter and Mike, who sit at the back there every week. And, you know, people don't see all the stuff that we went through just to get this. So always remember the two of them and obviously Maureen's here and that. Always remember the folk at the back, the technical, because it's interesting, technical people are always at the back out of sight and sometimes out of sight means out of mind and out of prayer. But remember them, you know, they put a lot of work in to make all this happen. We're going to do the parable of the sower, right? Now, most of you have probably heard the parable of the sower and you've already got very fixed ideas about the parable of the sower. To give a, a wee example, there was once a, a Christian man who really was an evangelist and he was out for a walk one day and all he could think about was evangelism, right? That was it. He had this mindset and he was walking through a forest in America and suddenly there was a great big grizzly bear suddenly in his path and a great big grizzly bear started coming towards him so the man 
So what am I going to do? I have to pray. And he said, Lord, make the bear a Christian. Well, that's what he did, didn't he? Everything was about, make the bear a Christian. You would never believe this, but the bear suddenly, suddenly the bear started shaking. And he said, it's worth, and the bear fell on his knees. And the bear put his paws together and looked up to heaven. And the guy thought, oh, this is wonderful. And the bear said, for what I'm about to receive, may the Lord make me truly thankful. <laughs> There's a problem, isn't it? <laughs> it's a good prayer. <laughs> but it wasn't quite working out. That's because his mindset, all he could think about was along a certain train of thoughts. He should have prayed different things. Lord, send an angel and scare the bear away type thing. But that can be sometimes part of our problem. Oops, if I can get this working, Mike, I've not got any thing in here. Have you got it on there? And you see, if Jesus was talking about today, I'll just go back. He would use something like this. You know, he happened to talk when the boat and the river and uh, the, the, the water and everything. But see, essentially he talked about seed and he talked about soils. Right? Now this is going to be a picture that we've got to get. As I say, traditionally, we've always seen the seeds and the soil, the seeds being simply, and this way as it comes up here, God's word and the soils, our lives. But we've also We've always kind of relegated it simply to the whole idea that, that, that the whole thing is just about the non-Christian interacting with God's word. But as we go through our study, what I want us to try and understand, that this parable is really bigger. Remember I said about the man with the bear? His prayer was right, you know. But he was enclosed in a certain mindset. And therefore, because that mindset was so dominant, that's what controlled his whole thinking. What I want us to see in the soils and that, the soil is the only area that you can influence and you can change. Right? Now, it's interesting to watch in another denomination, it's happening in lots of denominations. What's happening is people are trying to change the seed to match the soil. You've got to understand that. That's a process that's going on inside all of us. Because so often the seed, which is God's words, which comes to us, challenges us. And in the challenge, right, we're not going to like it. Because it's essentially going to say, look... If you want to go on with God, you've got to change us. But the problem is, lots of people try to change a seed <laughs> to make it fit the soil. But Jesus in this teaching says that really it's all about the soil. The seed doesn't change. The difference is in the soil. And so in your life, the only thing you can change in your life, and this is essentially about, even about life itself. It doesn't have to be about Christianity. It doesn't have to be about the kingdom and relating to human being. It's just life generally. The only thing that you have control over is yourself. 
The only thing you can really change is yourself. And in that changing with God, you begin to change your reality. You begin to change your circumstances. But it begins changing you, not change you out there. Are you with me? And so Jesus said that everybody here, we're all soils. That's our life. And the whole idea of the kingdom of God is going to be linked and it's gone away again. I can't believe this. <laughs> Mike, Mike's gone away again. Okay, I'll just speak without it, Mike. And I'll try and remember all the stuff I had on it. Um, oh, I've got it. Hard ground. Mike, you can change it for me. Yeah. Uh, hard ground. Next one is shallow ground. And the next one is thorny ground. And the next one is good ground. These four grounds are four areas in life that Jesus said are part of the soil. The next slide. If I've got control, not Mike, you've still got it. First of all, what we've got to understand is this. All these soils can exist in us at one time. Right? Understand that. You know, we've, we've traditionally separated it but this is really a parable. How does the kingdom of God interact with your life? That's what it's essentially about. What is the interaction? And all these soils exist in us at the same time. Now, here's something I think, maybe it might be hard for you to understand, but hopefully I'm making it plain here. These soils are what we call a permutation. If you follow what I mean by that, the permutation where you've got a number of things and it all comes up differently, right? Sometimes one soil can become dominant that suppresses the other soils, so to speak. So, for instance, if a man or a woman become really hard ground, hard soil, that can become dominant in their life. And in other areas of their life, although they're seeking, say, a Christian to follow God, and there's part of their life that's good ground, and there's other parts that's uh, the thorny ground, and other parts that's rocky, the hard ground dominates in the permutation. Now, God's design, God's plan in the permutation is that your life should be dominated by good soil. And if the good soil dominates, it begins to take over and control and change the other soils. You with me on that? Yes, you can nod, right? It's a permutation. It's a permutation always going on in your life. And next one, Mike, if you put up, please. Understanding this par parable helps us understand the contradictions in our life. Have you ever wondered why, as a Christian, on a Sunday, you can be ready to take on the world for Jesus and by Wednesday, you're not even sure if you're a Christian. You ever ask yourself, why, why does that happen? What, 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 why, why, why can I, I desperately want to be holy, I want to seek God and yet, good grief, I'm this way. And suddenly, or in some relationship, anything, suddenly stuff comes out of you. You think, where the heck did that come from? 
That's because the soils are all there in our life. And if you can understand the parable that in your life you've got good ground, but you've also got iffy ground, thorny ground, and you've also got shallow ground, and you may even have a hard ground. Right? You with me here? Keep, keep nodding if you're following, because I know in Church of Scotland you don't say amen, right? <laughs> it helps. <laughs> right? That you've got all these different soils in your life. And if you understand, you understand how, how the heck can I be this and still be a Christian? Have you had that thought? Yeah. Yes. Not just, as a couple at the front, we'll just have an appeal. <laughs> Um, Walter was laughing at me on Wednesday, he said, what will we call your name? And I just said, put Sandy Weddle, whether put titles or that, and we were laughing, we just said, just the Billy Graham Tribute Act. <laughs> we're doing that. But anyway, if you understand that, right, if you understand, you can understand why one day you can really be holy, you can really be going for it, and suddenly things happen and before you know where you are you've lost it before you know where you are you've lost it next one Mike and you see if you understand that the parable can help you grow because the big problem that we have right is that when you've got all these contradictions you start hammering yourself and you start putting heavies on yourself. Now in the book of Romans, Paul, the Apostle Paul writes, there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. That does not mean there's no condemnation for those whose whole life is perfect soil. It's those in Christ Jesus. And those in Christ Jesus will have good soil, rocky soil, you know, the, the thorny soil, and they will have hard soil, right? This is so important to grasp. If you grasp it, then you don't fall into this condemnation thing. You don't, you say, no, Lord, in my life there is good soil, because that's, that's what you said. There's good soil. Your goal and purpose in my life is to make that good soil dominant that it begins to affect all the other soils and all these soils begin to change and where there was hard, there was going to be good soil, that kind of thing. Mike, just the verse from, the verse from Ephesians, if you click it on, notice what it says here. For we are his workmanship, that's a Greek word poem, means a poem created in Christ Jesus for, notice what it is, I don't want to go out of shop, for good works, which God prepared, when did he prepare it? Beforehand, that we should? God has prepared things for you to do. All he wants you to do is walk in them. But if we get tied up in the soil thing, and if we can't get beyond just the whole idea that, that there's good soil, hard hard soil and all the rest of the soil, if we can't get beyond that and keep hammering ourselves, then we'll never take the steps to walk in what God has prepared for us. God, <laughs> I remember once praying for somebody, 
and it was a whole thing of demonic and a, a demonic power went out of them. And the person said to me, what will I do now? What, what, what if it comes back? And I said to them, <laughs> I said, well, we get the pictures last week. And the person said, yes. Well, that was with you. You went to the pictures. And I was trying to point out that all of us struggle in the whole realm. But there he had a breakthrough. And that breakthrough was now going to give her the potential for the good soil to begin to grow and to begin to become dominant in, in their life. So it's, it's, it's work prepared for hope beforehand. Mike, just keep clicking on most of the thing, Mike. There's what Jesus said. And he sowed some seeds, fell on the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Put it on, Mike. An area of life that has been walked upon and become hard. What is hard ground in a person's life, right? What is hard ground? Well, in the time when Jesus was saying about the parable of the sower, can you remember there was a story where Jesus is walking through the fields and on the Sabbath and they take some of the grain and the Pharisees get on, get on to them and hammer Jesus and his disciples about it. Well, what happened? There were pathways in all these fields where people walked. And because they walked, it got hard. And you've probably seen that happen. And, you know, it's one of my pet hates in life. But see when the council ever come to put paving stones, do you notice you come to a, a, a run up at the top of Wellhouse Road, you come to a point where the road goes there and it goes down there. And for some reason, the council always put the paving stones along there, then that's a sharp left turn to go down. And everybody who lives in the area walks diagonally. Have you ever noticed that? You ever noticed all the hard ground? You know, you've got all the paving stone, but everybody walks in the hard ground. <laughs> and I want to scream and say, does nobody ever think, why don't we just put paving stone there and it would make it look, because that's, that's the way the people walk. But it's interesting, all these kind of places, if you ever walk in them, they're incredibly hard because people have walked. People get abused physically, emotionally, sexually. People walk over them and the ground becomes hard. And that's always a big, big problem. Might put up the thing. Because when these kind of things happen, and, and there's so many different things. Folk can cheat you. Folk can do things. You can be in a Christian church and somebody says something awful. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a barrage of things. It's people walking over you. Well, what can happen is it's easy to become cynical and unforgiving. If you ever listen to a cynical person, the only thing certain is folk have walked on their life. They've walked in their life. And the grounds become hard. And so when the gospel comes, when even it's growing as a Christian, um, the gospel comes and, you know, it says, you know, forgive those who have sinned against you. The, the whole thing. I think last one of the times I spoke here, Jesus' last words was, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they were doing. They did know what they were doing, but they didn't have the big picture. 
So they were in ignorance. And, and what happens is you can become cynical and you can become unforgiving by remarks. Anything. It's, it's quite amazing. It's interesting. I used to run a, a thing for alcoholics doing the 12 steps. And I, I kind of modified it a bit so that we had a Christian kind of viewpoint. And as I was doing a lot of study for it, did a lot of books on, on alcohol rehabilitation and everything. And there was one book, and I remember I was taken aback by it with the stories. Because so often what happens when somebody comes off the drink, it's not all joy and everybody dancing about. And one of the stories that's always struck me was about a man who's taken a lot, of, you know, he's an alcoholic, drinking a lot, and his wife and his daughter hung on, and they hung on. And then through A, he suddenly, you know, he got off it, went home, everything, and he started saying, right, we're going to now be a family. And guess what happened? The two of them left him. The two of them left him. Because the ground had been walked on. And I, I, I thought, that's amazing. I thought they'd be overjoyed. But you see, every drunken stupor of putting them into bed, that was walking on their whole being. So they became cynical and forgiving. And so often, hard ground is protected by anger. And you know that, just speak to some people and you'll get a raging torrent. A man called Dan, Dan Allender wrote a book, he did a lot of work with sexual abuse. And he talked about this whole idea of anger and self-destruction. And he said that a lot of things that now pass for low self-esteem, you know that phrase that people, ah, they've got a low self. He said, no. He said, it's an anger, it's a self-contempt that people have. And they pass that on to other people in other-centered contempt. And it really is a life that's been walked upon. And so you as a Christian can have good ground. You can have place where you're praying, you're doing everything. But there can be part of your life where a lot of folk have walked upon. And it's hard to get out of it. And it's hard when the gospel comes, the word comes. Somebody says, I believe this is what, you know, the word that the Lord wants you to have. Very hard for them to accept it. Because the ground's hard. And Jesus goes on to say, the birds came. And he goes on to explain that really the word comes. God said, this is what you can be. Can't accept it. Devil comes, steals the word. But you notice the last thing, it's very self-destructive. Self-destructive. And even worse than self-destructive, I can hinder you. It can hinder you in your walk. Because remember, God has prepared things for you to do in advance, right? He's prepared them. You have to understand what they are and walk in them. And as I say, this whole area of hardness, it can be any, you know, you could have prayed for something and really believed it and it never came about. And you, you pleaded with God and it just creates that wee bit hardness. And it's to understand that can be in your mind. Next one, please. 
and just take it down. Jesus said other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. When the sun rose they were scorched and since they had no root they withered away. Have you noticed there's parts in your life where you always hit a brick wall? Never noticed that. Even though, as I say on the Sunday, wow, this is it, I'm going for it. Come Wednesday, you lose it. And that's part of the, the big problem that we can have. And Jesus said, it's not enough depth in the soil. Now, we, we talk about rocks and we think about boulders, but a lot of folk feel, see, a lot of the ground in, in the area was limestone. And so you had a, a depth of soil in some parts and there was a whole rocky part. And so if seed fell on there, it would sprout up. But because underneath was this rock stuff, it couldn't bring forth fruit. It couldn't bring forth a harvest. And am I the only one who goes into confusion when I never get out of the bit? Yeah? Never get out of the bit. Think of your life. Right? Never out of the bit. Easy to become frustrated. Easy to become frustrated. And, and you can end up having just a, a weak power struggle going on inside your life. You've got good soil and you've got shallow soil. And, and it can become a wee battle going on. And it's easy to become passive. Right? Easy to become passive. You give up. Now, this is not just simply being the kingdom of God. You know, the, the interaction between the seed and the soil. This is actually life. Because if God created life, then within life there's going to be patterns of the gospel in life. And what you will find is that this is happening to everybody. And you know the worst part? <laughs> when it suddenly dawns in you, this is just what was my father's life was like. Or this is what my mother, this is what my granddad was like. He kept putting brick walls. And, and I'm sure in all this, in the hard ground, in the shallow ground, um, on the surface it all looks great. But then as you kind of go into it, you find that a lot of people are incredibly frustrated. And they become what we call driven. Driven people. Always looking to get the right answer, always looking to get the right thing happen to them. And the problem is the soil, not the situation. And lots of people, as we'll talk about next week, have ladders and climb in the ladders of success. But what happens when the ladder's against the wrong wall? We've all got problems here. Mike, the next one, please. Hard ground, shallow ground. Next one. This appeared in a, a street. Hopefully it'll never appear here. If you click again, Mike, it's called a sinkhole. Right? And what happens is that sinkholes occur 
when the water underneath in that in hot days it can go away and and a lot of the structure underneath the road system it, it, it's suddenly got empty places that's me speaking not as a geologist but in, in layman's terms and suddenly right out of the blue a sinkhole happens where it's here one of the good things about getting older and being around the, the kind of race course a lot is that you know you, you grow up with people in the Christian faith who challenge you and then a couple 20 years 30 years later everybody forgets about them but you still remember them so you can it's as though they're new but there was a man called Gordon MacDonald wrote this book Ordering Your Private World and then he wrote the sequel, Rebuilding Your Broken World. And I just want to read you something here because it, it concerns you. It's, he opens his book with this. Recently, the residents of a Florida apartment building awoke to a terrifying sight outside their windows. The ground beneath the street in front of their building had literally collapsed creating a massive depression that Floridians call a sinkhole. Tumbling into the ever-deepening pit were automobiles, pavement, sidewalks, lawn furniture. The building itself could obviously be the next thing to go. Sinkholes occur, scientists say, when underground streams drain away during seasons of drought, causing ground at the surface to lose its underlying support. Suddenly everything simply caves in, leaving people with a frightening suspicion that nothing, even the earth beneath their feet, is trustworthy. There are many people whose lives are like sinkholes. It's likely that one time or another many of us who have perceived ourselves to be on the verge of a sinkhole-like cave-in. The feelings of numbing fatigue, a taste of apparent failure, or bitter experience of disillusionment about goals or purposes, we may have sensed something within us about to give way. We feel that we're just a moment from collapse that will threaten to sweep our entire world into a bottomless pit. Sometimes there can be little that can be done to prevent such a collapse, what is wrong? And his book seeks to and he, what is wrong, he says, is that people spend so much time on the external stuff that they have very little time for the internal. And it can happen. I, I don't know how many people you know, but I certainly know people who, on the surface, were doing great. And then suddenly I hear that they've maybe killed themselves or they've maybe done this or they've maybe done that. And I'm shocked. I can't, I can't think, but, but they were this. And that's because I think for lots of people, if you just have the surface, remember I said about the permutation? That if suddenly the shallow ground and the, the shallow ground and the hard ground if they become dominant then it's very easy to live on the precipice of things collapsing 
And we're witnessing it now. You know, that it's not an accident that all we hear about now is, you know, mental conditions and must, what must be done. That's because, essentially, we're a society that has majored, like Facebook, on the external stuff, not the internal. Not what's going on deep inside you. Not the things that can suddenly cause a sinkhole to happen. Now, remember I did with the children. This is what Jesus said about building your life. He used a different picture. But notice something about it. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them. Notice, you build on his words. I have lots of people have heard, oh, I'm just building on Jesus. No. Because if you build in Jesus' words, you're getting a picture of Jesus that's right, that's correct. If only lots of people can project their own image of what Jesus is like. And it's interesting, Jesus said, if you take my words, seed, soil, and you allow my words to come into you, and you begin to move against the hard ground, you begin to move against the, the shallow ground, you begin, as we'll see next week, to move against the thorny ground, then your life will become enriched and your soil will be good and you will build. And you'll be like a, a wise man who built his house and all. And the rain fell and the floods came. That's the only thing you know that's certain in life. The rain's going to come and the floods are going to come. Life is not going to be hunky-dory, right? You know, as I say, you know, you spend so much time with folk that you have to, no, it's not going to be hunky-dory. Life, life might not have things that make you happy, but you can have the joy of the Lord as your strength deep inside you, and that can change you. But the thing about it, and he said, it gives the opposite it's founded on a rock and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. In other words, the seed comes and the seed's either rejected or it's shallow stuff. And you're, you're back to hitting the brick wall stuff. And you've got to understand this is going on in everybody. And it's going on inside us as Christians. But Jesus wants your life to be the permutation where the good soil takes over and dominates. If you've got hard ground, the seed comes and says, forgive. And everything within you wants to just scream and shout and say, no, this happened to me, I'm not, right? We all want to do that, but the seed comes and the seed says forgive. And if you allow that in, the ground begins to get broken up, broken up and broken up. And that really is a big challenge for us all. It's seed, it's soils. I'm sure lots of you have had words that have been given to you or you've read or you've held on to and it's very easy to become cynical about oh well, 
no, maybe God wants you through this teaching to go back because God has purposes for you. God has works for you to do. God is for you. God is with you. God's good soil there. He wants it out and up. And that's a big challenge for all of us. Yes? Yeah, it is a challenge. We're all here wrong. I'm in the same boat. I have to wrestle with different soils in my life. I, you know, ask Kathy, right? She'll, she'll give you a running commentary <laughs> on the soils. We all have to do it. It's everyone. That's why Jesus says we don't judge. That's why we, we have to seek humility. Because we're all in the same boat. But the difference is going to be there's going to be people who hear his words and build on them. And there's going to be people who say no. Let's pray. Father, we want to just thank you that we have good soil now. And Lord, forgive us where we've overlooked these things. Where all we've concentrated or allowed to dominate us have been these negative soils here. And Lord, we want to thank you that even though we were maybe at the edge of a sinkhole in our own life, where everything could have just collapsed totally, that you were there. And your grace protected us. Lord, you have works for me to do. You are for me, not against me. And you want the very best for me. So Lord, areas I've been challenged on now, I ask simply, I ask simply now that you would, by your grace, come and together we begin to change the soil that is destructive, that is passive in our lives. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I simply bless the people and ask that the seed that they've received today might now find good ground and might become the dominant field, the dominant soil in the life of the people. In the name of Jesus. Amen.